in prayer. Uh, turn with me to Romans, the 10th chapter, if you would. Let's all stand as we honor God's word by standing and pray. Uh, I mentioned something. I'm not going to re-mention it again, but I mentioned something to the Sunday school class today about uh, one of the churches, and uh, I asked you all, you know, as I said, uh, I don't know whether I asked to pray about it, but it doesn't seem like the church members are doing much praying about it. But um, maybe if something can be done that uh, that the church won't just go under uh, as uh, as it's, it's about to do. All right, Romans, the tenth chapter, and verse beginning in verse twenty-one. He says there, he says, but to Israel, oh, Romans, where am I? Yeah, Romans 10. Huh. I, I've written down the wrong thing. It's, uh, should, should be Romans 3. I'm sorry. I wrote down the wrong one. Uh. says, but now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all and unto all them that believe, for there is no difference. Most gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you again for this day. Thank you, Lord, for the blessings of it. Thank you, Lord, for watching over us and taking care of us each and every day. And, Lord, I just pray your special blessings upon those that are here today. Uh, we pray for that family that just lost a loved one, and, and as many families uh, lose their loved ones. And, and Lord, we, we pray for each and every one of them that you watch over them take care of them. And, Lord, I just pray in all things that you might be honored and glorified. Lord, we, we don't want to meet here. Uh, uh, I, I don't want any glory, and I'm not looking for any glory. Uh, I'm just looking to preach your word, Lord, as you would have me to do it. And, Lord, I pray you'll give me that unction I need. Take care of us, Lord, for it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you. you may be seated. I'm going to preach on a message today called Redemption. That's, that's, that's the simple title of it, Redemption. Now, when we think about redemption, there's some things that we need to think about. We need to remember as we begin to preach on this subject today. We need to remember that the mountain of comfort is Mount Calvary. You know, Kara sings a lot of times about the mountain and, and the valleys. And, uh, but let me tell you folks, uh, uh, Mount Calvary is a mountain of, of, of comfort. You know, if you want comfort in your life, then visit Mount Calvary again. And, and maybe we can do that right now. Maybe we can visit it right now uh, through this message today. But we can look to it, and we know that it's there that God, uh, uh, Jesus died for his people. It's there that he gave his life, that we might have life everlasting and what greater comfort can anyone have than to know that God is taking care of them in every way, from soul all the way to the top of the head to the bottom of the sole of the feet. God is taking care of his children. 
He, he, he saves their soul and he promises them that someday he's going to take them to be with him and he's, they're going to, they're going to dwell with him when they, when they, when they get to heaven. And what a great promise that is. The beauty of redemption is nailed to a tree. The beauty of redemption. What's the beauty of redemption? That's Christ. Christ is a beauty of redemption. He's a beauty of redemption in the sense that he was nailed to a tree. The body of, of redemption is in the rock, that is, capital R, rock. The body of redemption is in the rock of salvation, which had his side pierced, so his precious blood is shed to cover a multitude of sins, or should I say, a multitude of sinners from going to hell. His, 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 this is the body of redemption. This is it. It's, it's, it's Christ cleansing the sins of his people. That's redemption. And let me tell you, folks, it doesn't stop when, you, when you're saved. It doesn't stop when you walk a church aisle. It doesn't stop when you go into the, the uh, baptismal waters. Redemption is something that when Jesus comes back, if he comes back and, and receives you in the clouds, then that's, that finalizes your redemption. And, and, and if you die and, and, and you, you stand before the judgment seat of Christ and, and he, he, he judges you there as a saved person, then your redemption is completed. Redemption is something that goes on and on. It just goes on all the way through your life. You're being redeemed. You know, some people call it sanctification. But actually, you're, you're, you're being redeemed all through your life in this. Redemption required the sacred history of which was made at Calvary. You know, if, if it wasn't for that history, what if, what if no one ever told you anything about that history. What if no one ever came to you and preached to you and told you that someone had died on Calvary's mountain for you? What would you what what would you depend on today? You have nothing to depend on. If someone doesn't tell you and it and it's the same way with your loved ones, uh, you know, and it's the same way with with all of them. You know, if you don't tell them about Jesus, then how are you going to expect them to ever know Christ? If you don't tell them about Jesus, if you don't tell them the truth about Christ, how, how do you ever expect them to know anything about Christ? On Mount Calvary was dug a fountain which has living water, which when one drinks of it, one will never thirst again. That was, that was done. That was done when Jesus, and I'm, we're going to talk, we're going to mention this, Jesus told the poor Samaritan woman, Whosoever drinketh of this water, that is Jacob's well, whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. But whosoever drinketh of the water I shall give him shall never thirst, but the water I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. That's what he told, that's what he told a woman, you know. You, you, there's a lot of wells you can drink from out there. And when a man is real thirsty, he'll drink from any. He really will. I'm talking about in the human sense. 
When a man is real thirsty, he'll drink from any well. If it's, if it's water that you can drink, I, uh, I can take you up in the mountains and probably there's some wells up there you wouldn't drink from because it's all sulfur water. But uh, we did. We lived on it and, and drank it uh, as I was growing up. But the fact is, you know, Jesus said if you drank of those wells, you know, that there may, there may be, there may be a well of, uh, of Armenians out there. And if you drank of their well, then you're going to get thirsty again. It's, it's not going to work for you. It, it, you. You might say, well, I feel good about it right now, but when the time comes for you to stand before the Lord, are you going to feel just as good about it? Redemption is something that promises us that when we stand before God someday, it is something that we're going to be thankful that we were redeemed. And, and not only that we were redeemed when we were saved, but that we're redeemed throughout our whole life. You're being redeemed right now. Every one of you are being redeemed right now. All of us have had our times of woe. We could never find comfort. We, could, we couldn't find comfort on the hill of Sinai where the law was given. There's no comfort in keeping the law. You know, you can, you can say all day long, well, I've, I've never broken any of the Ten Commandments. What comfort is that in that? Because there's no comfort in there. There was no comfort given at Sinai. Uh, there was no, when, when, when Moses came back down off the mountain, he didn't bring comfort with him because what he brought with him was, was, uh, uh, justice. You know, God said, Thou shalt do this, and if thou does not do it, then thou's going to go to hell. That's the justice that the law has. The justice the law has, we're going to talk about that in just a few minutes more. The justice the law has is, it says, you know, that if you break the law, then you're going to die and go to hell. That's the justice of the law. So there's, there is no justice, there was no justice at Sinai. But you'd be surprised of people today who, when they teach redemption, they teach it in the keeping of the law. They keep it in, they teach it in the sense that, that you must, uh, keep the law in order to be saved. There is no, uh, um, uh, there is no justice in, I mean, there is, yeah, there's no justice in the, in the woods of Gethsemane. You know, a lot of people look at Jesus at Gethsemane. You know, when he, well, when he was preparing himself to go and die for his people, there's no justice in that. Uh, you know, people will say, well, I know Jesus died because the Bible says he did. There's no justice in that. There, there's no justice in that because that does not include redemption. That, that does not include redemption in the sense that we understand and we know redemption. It doesn't, it doesn't cover redemption. Yes, Jesus was prepared himself. He, 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 he went away and he prayed at Gethsemane. He did all those things and, and he said, Lord, let this cup pass by me if that's possible. But it was impossible for that cup to pass by him. Why? Because he had a duty. He had a, he had his face fixed up on something that he had to do for his children. And, and, and because he did that for his children, because he didn't, as some say, I've heard some say, well, Jesus could have not gone if he didn't want to, but no, he, he had to go. He had no sin. There, there was no, there, 
nothing in injustice in saying Jesus didn't have to go. Jesus did have to go because that's what he was sent here to do. He had to go, and as a result of that, we've been redeemed. We've been redeemed in, in, in that sense, in that sense of the word. Calvary is where the comfort of redemption is found. Now, if we're to understand redemption today, we must see from where redemption originates. From where it originates. You know, Satan understands the thing called redemption. But he has been reprobated from all of it. Yeah, even Satan understands redemption. You know, you, you have people out there who say, well, I understand redemption. Uh, even a, reba- a man has been re- reprobated from the faith can understand redemption. But one thing about Satan, Satan will never, ever find comfort in redemption. That's, that's why, that's why he, that's why he, he states in his heart that if, if I can't be redeemed, then I'm going to see that no one else is redeemed. And so thereby, that's why that men sometimes choose to serve Satan rather than God. It's because of the lack of redemption. If Satan had have been redeemed, Satan would have gone to heaven. But Satan didn't go to heaven. He, he went to hell. Satan fell from heaven and was reprobated from the faith for trying to make himself a god, but to no avail. He was reprobated from the faith. When the Lord cast him down from, from heaven, the Lord reprobated him right there and, and, and determined right there he would never be saved. Determined right there, he would never be redeemed. You know, he, the, Satan had no way of going and buying, having someone to pay a ransom for his sin because God had reprobated him. That's, that's exactly what redemption is. All, all, now, now all humanity by the fall of Adam became guilty before God. Every person, every child that's born in this world, these little, these babies that have been born and here and the young and, 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 and they, they, they're all, uh, um, guilty before God. Little Joel and little Abram and, and, and all the little children and, uh, uh, little, uh, Remington, they'll all grow up and, uh, and, and Jessica and Brandon's children and, and Adam and Lacey's children, they'll grow up someday pray hopefully that someday they'll hear the gospel and it'll be preached to them and they'll come to understand what redemption really is. I mean, you can talk to a lost man about redemption all day long and he has no idea what you're talking about. He has no idea what you're talking about. And the reason Satan knows what redemption is is because he was cast down out of heaven and he was told then he would never be redeemed. Well, that's, that's what, uh, that's what it means to be reprobated. You know, um, all humanity was given up to the vengeance of the law, of the law's justice, which says, the soul that sinneth, it shall die. The soul that sinneth, it shall die. Romans 3 and, and verses 10 through 23. Turn with me there. Go back a page. Romans 3 and 10 through 23 says, says, um, and as it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that understandeth. 
There is none that seeketh after God. They're all gone out of the way. They're all together become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good. No, not one. Their throat is an open sepulcher. With their tongues they have used deceit. The poison of asp is under their lips, whose mouth is full of cursings and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their ways. And in a way of, in a way of peace have they not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. Now we know that whatsoever, what things soever the law saith, is saith to them that are under the law. It, you're born under the law. You're, bo- you're, born, you're born under that penalty that says the soul that sinneth, it shall die. You'll say, well, how early do they sin? Well, you'll learn, you're going to learn. You'll learn, you'll learn that when these little ones grow up and first time you tell them they can't do something, they go and do it anyway, they've sinned. They, they, they have come under, they have come under the justice of the law which has told them they shouldn't do this thing, but they go and do it anyway. Every one of us did. Every one of us did that. Every one of us in here today from, from this, uh, uh nearly 75 year old all the way down to the rest of you. Every one of us has come under the law, the justice of the law that says that if we sin, then we're going to die. And, and certainly that's where all of us are today. Romans 10 and verse 23. Let's go and read it. Let's read this some more of this. He says, uh, um, he says, um, for all, well, let's, let's go back up here. He says, therefore, by the deeds of the law, well, let me go back to verse 19. Now we know that what things soever the law saith is saith to them who are under the law that every mouth may be stopped and all the world may become guilty before God. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in his sight, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. But now... The righteousness of God without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all and upon all them that believe, there is no difference. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Now, you know, when the first sin you ever commit in your life, you may not even remember it. You may not even remember it, I, but I do remember uh, one time we was at at, at Jim and and, and uh, anyway Christie's house. I'm sorry, Christie. You, I just forgot your name. I just it, it's it's in my head. It's all right there. Anyway, I remember when Griffin was little, and they had something sitting on the little coffee table, a little table there. And I remember Jim or Christy, one told Griffin, Griffin started to reach for it, and they said, no, 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 no. And then Griffin just kept his hand up there, and he kept looking. He kept looking at his mom and daddy. Finally, he took his hand over, and he got a hold of it anyway. You know, he broke the law of his mom and daddy right there. Honor thy father and thy mother, the Bible says. But he did it. You don't remember that, do you, Griffin? No. 
You don't remember it. You remember a few sins you've committed, though. But you don't remember that one. You know, that's, that's what we mean. That's what we mean when we talk about the whole world has become guilty before God. Because, uh, the ten, one of the Ten Commandments says, Honor thy father and thy mother, and when you children don't obey your parents as you should, then you're breaking one of the laws of God. You're breaking one of the laws of God, and because you broke that law, you come under the justice of the law, and the justice of the law says, The soul that sinneth, it shall die. What about in the Old Testament, those people that lived under the law? What happened if you had a child that didn't want to obey you, didn't want to do the things you done? What happened? You turned them over to the to to the to the religion. You turned them over to the religious leaders, and what did they do with that child? They took that child out behind the the, the out to the garbage pit, and they stoned that child to death. They left their body there in the garbage pit. All because that child refused to keep the law of God. Aren't you glad we live under grace today? Aren't you glad, aren't, aren't you glad today that, that, uh, that comfort is at the, is at Mount Calvary? Aren't you glad today that, uh, that your children, uh, can be saved? Aren't you glad today that you don't have to turn your children over to someone else? Well, now, they may get up older to where you'll have to turn them over to somebody else because they have no choice because you can't handle them. But what does the law do with those unruly kids today? Put them in jail. Lock them up. But, you know, the, the sad the thing about it is you know, we live under grace today. What a, what a wonderful thing that is. The sin of Adam left all people, all men bankrupt, naked, poor, and miserable. We, by all means, have no ransom to pay for our sins. What if God was to come right now and he was to say, I want a ransom for your sin. I, I, want, I want a ransom for your sin, you know. You say, well, I've, I've been saved. You know, you might say, well, I've been saved. But have you sinned since you've been saved? Sure you have. God, that's redemption. God is going to ask for a ransom. That's what redemption is. It's, pay, it's a paying a ransom. That's the reason the Lord says in, in, in uh, Hebrews 10, that's the reason the Lord says over there, says if you, if you willfully sin after you come to know the truth, then there is no more sacrifice for you anywhere. You're going to have to pay it yourself. Turn over with me. Hebrews 10, if you would. I want you to read this. You know, I, I, I talk, I talk about this a lot, but I'm, I'm not sure that people really understand, totally understand what, what we're talking about here. He says in verse 26, Hebrews 10 and verse 26, he says, for if we sin willfully, after that we have received the knowledge of the truth, when you know something is wrong and you go and do it anyway, that's called presumptuous sinning, there remaineth no more sacrifice for your sins. 
Jesus is not going to come back and die for you again. But you still come under that penalty of sin when you sin after you're saved because you're going to have to give something for a ransom for that sin. Sometimes it might be a child. I hate to say that. Sometimes it may be a wife. Sometimes it may be a husband. Sometimes it may be a mother. Sometimes it may be a father. There's something that you're going to have to pay for that sin. And God comes right now and says, what is a ransom for yours? For is it? Well, you'll say, well, maybe God won't do that now. He's going to do it. He's going to do it when you stand before the judgment seat of Christ. If you're saved, you stand before the judgment seat of Christ. He's going to demand a ransom for that sin that you committed. Well, that's before chastisement comes in at. That ransom that you have to pay for that sin comes in the way of chastisement. You're going to pay for your sins. That's the reason Rhonda says it all the time. You know, Rhonda's not a preacher. And, and, uh, but she sat under one for the last 52 years. But that's why Rhonda says, I don't understand how people can do what they do, get by with it, and nothing ever happens. I said, Rhonda, how do you know that nothing has happened? There's a lot of terrible things happen to people. That we don't understand why they happened, why those things happened. We don't understand sometimes why people may lose a child. Because I, I saw that ha- I saw that happen from a from a grandmother and a grandfather who was raising their grandbaby, and they always used that grandbaby's excuse not to come to church. They would call me up in the mornings. That's when I was pastoring here in Georgia. They would call me up in the mornings, and they would say, Well, uh, Brother Paul, we can't be at church today because Caroline is too sick to come. Caroline was sick every day. And then the call came. After, uh, long after, about a year later, the call came, Brother Paul, we can't come to church today. Caroline passed away last night. You know, you, you're going to say, well, how do you know that was chastisement upon them? How do I know it wasn't? Let me tell you, folks, there's a lot of things happen to us that we don't understand why they're happening. And it happens because of chastisement that God brings upon his children. That's what I'm explaining to you. The statement in the Old Testament says the sin, the soul that sinneth, it shall die. You know, we, we deserve to die on every sin we commit. We deserve death. Especially after we've been supposedly been saved. When Jesus came and gave his life for us, and, and, and we, we enjoyed the, the, the thing of it and then we go out and we do just the opposite of what God expects of us. We deserve to die. You know, some people say, well, they deserve to be excluded from church. Well, in God's eyes, they deserve to die. That's a sin unto death. 
That's what he's talking about when he says the sin unto death. I, I, I abhor anybody getting this pulpit and say there's no such thing as a sin unto death. That, that happened here one time, several years ago. We had a preacher that got up here and said there's no such thing as a sin unto death. But I, I, I sure talked to him after the Bible conference over. There is a sin unto death, and we've all committed it. Every one of us have committed it. But thanks be unto God, because we're redeemed, and we're being redeemed every day, there is a fix for that sin. What, what did John, what did John, in 1 John, what did he say? If we have sinned, then we have an advocate with the Father that we can go to Him and we can ask forgiveness and He'll forgive us for it. But I tell you, the thing I see today is a lack of people wanting to confess their sins. They just go on sinning and just go on and on. There's something wrong. I can't help it. There's something wrong. I mean, you might have thought this message wasn't going to get very, uh, very, very vile, but it is. There is something wrong if you can sin against God and keep getting by with it and nothing ever happened. If, if, if God was to come to you today, now listen to me, if God was to come to you today and He was to say, you need to go back and you need to remember the first sin you committed against me after you were saved and you need to start confessing those sins further up. How many of you could do that? If you haven't confessed your sins and haven't come before the church or, or confessed your sins, openly confessed your sins and repented of them, where would you go? What sin would you go back to? And you would say, this is the first one I committed. Well, let me tell you, folks, whether you stand before the judgment seat of Christ or whether you stand before the great white throne of judgment, God has a book on every one of us. It's not this book. But God has a book on every one of us, every sin you've committed, every sin that you refuse to confess, every sin that you committed, God has a book on it, and He's going to bring it to the forefront when you stand before Him someday. Whether it's at the great white throne of judgment, or whether it's at the judgment seat of Christ. But there, there is no reason for any saved person to die with sin, unconfessed sin in their life. No reason. Because we're taught and we know the Bible teaches that we're to confess our faults. That's one of the things said we pray for Brother Gary every Sunday. But in, in that teaching there says, confess your faults one to another. Do we do that? Or do we just sweep them under the rug like I've seen? Do we just sweep them under that proverbial rug that somebody has created and said, well, just, let's just keep that from Brother Paul. Let's just keep that from the church. We'll just put it under the rug and everybody forget about it for long. God doesn't forget about it. God doesn't forget about it. Let me tell you, folks, we could be in, in, in great trouble and don't know it. We could be in great trouble and don't know it. The sin of Adam left all bankrupt, naked, poor, and miserable. 
We, by all means, have no ransom to pay for our sin. But Christ came down from heaven to the earth to redeem. That, that word redeem means release by ransom. In other words, in, in, under the Old Testament law, you had to pay a ransom for your sins, except if it was a sin under death. Sin under death, you died. But you had to pay a ransom. If you stole a man's cattle, you had to replace those cattle. That's under the law. If you stole a man's wife, you had to go back and, and, and take that wife back to that man and give her back to him. And that man has to accept her. Let me tell you, folks, there's a lot to redemption. The word redeem means release by ransom. Now, Christ came down from heaven to the earth to redeem, that is, release by ransom a people given him before the foundation of the world. Christ did that. He did all that. That's what he did when he saved us. He paid the ransom for our sins that we owe and was was due from us. He paid that ransom for us. Praise God he did. And why in the world, Paul, Paul told the Galatian church, why in the world do you want to go back and do these things that you once done before the Lord saved you? Why do you want to go back and do those things? But people do. And so far, a lot of people think they're getting by with it, but you're not. You're not getting by with it. There's something drastic will happen to you, and God forbid that anything like that ever happen. But it will. It will. God, God will get, God will get His due. He'll get what you owe Him. See, once you sin against God, once you know the truth, you owe Him your life. You owe Him your life. And God will get it. One way or another. In other words, he paid the sin debt of death and hell, which every one of us owed. Praise God, what a redeemer. He paid the sin debt for a multitude that no man can number. I, I saw one of Kara's posts on Facebook, and I said, well, now she done stole part of my message. And she said, praise God, what a Savior. He paid the ransom for, for some out of every kingdom, every nation, and every tongue. He redeemed among men from every rank, from the lowest to the highest. He redeemed some from every color, black, brown, white, red, and yellow. Yellow, he he paid the sin debt for him. You can't sit and say, because I'm of a different color, I can't be saved, because he does. He pays a sin debt out of every tongue, out, out, of, out of every race. He pays a sin debt for some. Now, if we are to understand redemption, we must see Jesus paid it all. Praise God, Jesus paid it all. He paid it all. Can you, can you even fathom that? He paid it all. Can you imagine when God's, 
you stand before God someday and He says, I want a ransom for your sin that you have not confessed and you have not repented of. I want a ransom for that. What are you going to give Him? You're going to say, Lord, here I am. Take me. Here I am. You're going to be standing there naked and destitute and you're going to say, here, Lord, take me. That's all I've got to offer. You're going to do that whether you're standing at the judgment seat of Christ or whether you're standing at the great white throne of judgment. You're going to have to come down to the fact, Lord, take me. I don't have anything else to offer. It's just like I got picked up for speeding one time in Nunez, Georgia. I got picked up for speeding, and the state trooper took my license. I wasn't going that fast, but he just took my license, and he said, uh, I want you to follow me. He said, now get your car and follow me. And he took me right straight to the sheriff's office in Swainsboro. And I stood before the sheriff over there, and the sheriff said, uh, that'll be a $25 fine. So I said, well, I'm going to have to write you a check. He said, no, we can't accept the check. He said, you got to have cash. I said, I don't have $25 cash. He said, you're going to need cash. I said, what, what's, what's the alternative of me not having cash? He said, I'm going to put you in jail. I said, well, put me in jail. That's all I can tell you. Just put me in jail. And he said, oh, no, we'll take a check. So I checked with the Department of, uh, of the, what, driving, uh, whatever it is, whatever it's called. And that had never been turned in from Swainsboro. That had never been turned in from Swainsboro that I got picked up for speeding. So you know what happened that money. That was put in the pocket of somebody. Let me, let me tell you, folks, Jesus paid it all. He paid everything. Can you imagine? Can, can you imagine why God turned his face upon his own son? Jesus hang there on that tree with the sins, with my putrefying sins and your putrefying sins upon him charged to him. Can you imagine why God couldn't look upon him? God could not look upon him because he was there with our sins upon him. Praise God, he took every one of them. He took every one of them to Golgotha's Hill. He took them to Mount Calvary. And there he paid the sin debt for every one of us. I can't begin to even know what to do, what to say. He paid it, Jesus paid it all. As the old song says, And when before the throne I stand in him complete, Jesus died my soul to save. My lips shall still repeat, Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain. He washed it white as snow. Jesus paid it all. He paid it all. The sacrifice there on Mount Calvary was not a partial payment, but was a complete and perfect payment. It was a full payment, and it obtained a complete and perfect redemption for all the debts of all the believers who have ever lived upon the earth. He paid that. How could he do that? But he did. He paid that. Oh, that day when Jesus hanged on the tree, he did not leave a single cent for us to pay. 
The demands of the law were met right there. The, the law that says the soul that sinneth it shall die. That demand was met right there on Calvary. Oh, I tell you, you ought to be enjoying this more than anything. I'm going to tell you, folks, it was met. No sinful soul who has gone to Mount Calvary will die for their sins. Not a one will. For he died for them. As our dear sister Catherine Parrish wrote, Praise God, what a shepherd. I told you, you stole some of it. Praise God, what a shepherd. Sister Catherine Parrish wrote that. Bless her old soul. I tell you, y'all, when, when Brother Kendall and, and Brother uh, Lewis and I went up there, when I preached Brother Stevens' charge when he was ordained to the ministry, we went to West, we went to Virginia. And when I walked in the door, they brought Sister Catherine Parrish up in a wheelchair. And she grabbed me by the hand. She said, I want you to sit with me. And I sat down beside her. She pulled her wheelchair up. I sat in the chair and she pulled her wheelchair up beside me. And she reached over and she put her arm around me. And she said, I'll never forget that message you preached at West Griffin, folks, 30 years ago. She said, you preached one of the greatest messages I've heard. And she said, I, I want to thank you for it. She said, I didn't get to thank you for it, but I want to thank you for it now. Her 90-some years old. She said, I want to thank you for it. What about you today? What about you today? Are you a member of LBC and Landmark Baptist Church and still don't understand Christ redeeming his own? Are you here and don't understand that? You may need to look at Mount Calvary if you don't understand that. If you know you're lost, you really need to take a look at Mount Calvary because it's there when Jesus paid every cent of our sin debt to God. He paid every cent of it. That's redemption. That's what redemption is. All right, let's all stand if you would. We're going to sing a verse of song, and then I'll let you go.